It's time. Time for what, you might ask? It's time to optimize your health and upgrade your life. Cutting-edge research, biohacks, ancestral wisdom, wellness, intuition, and more. This is The Synthesis of Wellness. Your host and biohacker Chloe Porter has a background in engineering, innovation, and research. Her analytical background coupled with her journey in overcoming a brain tumor and defeating several chronic illnesses enables her to approach health and wellness in an innovative way. And now more than ever, she is ready to share her biohacking secrets and expose cutting edge research. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. If you're new, welcome. I am Chloe Porter and I am an engineer, former laboratory research scientist, now author, and I'm also a model. If you are a returning listener, if you like this podcast, definitely head on over to my Instagram at Synthesis of Wellness where I share my personal health and wellness routines, research, biohacks almost every single day. Oftentimes, I present the information in those bite-sized biohacks just so that they're easy to read quickly while getting as much value from them as possible. I love, I absolutely love trying all new health and wellness treatments, routines, just sharing my life about those things with you over there. So go check it out. With that said, I've got one quick update. If you didn't hear from an earlier episode, I am partnered with the Biohacking Congress that is taking place in Miami, Florida, coming up now really soon from October 20th through the 22nd. And I, of course, will be there since I am a partner. But if you are attending and you want to meet up, please feel free to reach out to me or DM me over on Instagram. I would love to connect over there and at the conference. And if you're wanting to go, but you do still need a ticket, also reach out to me so I can get you a really good discount. Lastly, before we get into the meat of today's episode, if you've been following along for a while, especially over on my socials at Synthesis of Wellness on Instagram, you know that I have been working on a publication for quite a long time now. And after diving into and compiling just some amazing research from 200 scientific research studies, working with prestigious doctors and reviewing the book a myriad of times, I was ready to bring it forth. So my book, 75 Gut Healing Strategies and Biohacks is available right now. And the easiest way to order is probably through Amazon, but you can go through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, really wherever good books are sold. 
So the book was just released to the public on September 15th, which was extremely exciting. And I actually traveled um, for the very first day of my book media tour. I was in Charleston, South Carolina, giving an amazing talk to an amazing crowd of individuals. So this book truly, it could serve as a guide to having fewer food sensitivities, lowering your GI inflammation, so you can more easily develop toned abs, using biohacks so you can eat the foods you love, combating gut infections or dysbiosis, optimizing your digestion, and honestly, just so much more. In fact, one reviewer commented, quote, filled with cutting edge insights and actionable strategies, this book empowers readers to harness the extraordinary potential of their gut for optimal vitality. From understanding the gut's role in immune function to healing the gut after infection, it unravels the intricate connections between gut health and overall well-being. A must-read for anyone seeking to unlock the secrets of a happier, healthier life through nurturing their gut. And another reviewer, actually Renee Bells, who is the co-host of the Biohacker Babes podcast, said, I love that Chloe has written a biohacking book for gut health and more. There are so many incredible holistic therapies and biohacks available for us today, but it's just hard to find one resource to read about all of them until now. Chloe didn't skip over a single biohack. So I know you will find a strategy that will help you overcome digestive distress and achieve optimal health. I absolutely love Renee and I'm super grateful that she felt that way. So guys, I am so excited for the opportunity to bring this book to you. So go check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes below. So without further ado, today I want to talk about castor oil packs specifically for liver support and immune support in the context of even my SIRS journey with Lyme and mold. So oftentimes when people are recovering from Lyme or mold, they forget two things. Yes, they remember the gut, they remember the immune system, but they often forget that they need to support their liver and circulation. You know, the liver is extremely busy during any type of detoxification process, and it can really use all the support it can get. So, you know, in a previous episode or episodes, because I've talked about it more than once, I've talked about different peptides and even bioregulator peptides that support liver health and support blood vessel health. But now... I want to talk about something that is actually a lot more accessible and quite frankly, very inexpensive. We are of course talking about castor oil packs. So for a very general brief overview before we get into the science and research studies, I wanna just go over kind of the general application of a castor oil pack. So, castor oil pack is a therapeutic and natural remedy that involves the application of castor oil 
onto a piece of cloth, typically flannel, and that is then placed on the skin over a specific area of the body. This cloth, saturated with castor oil, is typically large enough to cover the targeted area, such as the abdomen or a joint. And to use a castor oil pack, the first step involves soaking the flannel cloth in cold pressed organic castor oil until it's very saturated but not dripping. And then the oil-soaked cloth is then applied directly to the skin. A plastic sheet or wrap is often placed over the cloth to prevent staining and just to hold it in place. And some individuals often follow this with a heating pad or a hot water bottle, typically applied over the plastic wrap in order to facilitate the absorption of the oil. Now, just in my personal experience, I would not go towards any plastics. I would stick towards a more wholesome, organic castor oil pack kit. There are a bunch of them out there. And I'll, I'll try and link some in my Amazon shop as well if you're curious about what I use. But anyways, getting back to it. So the pack is usually left in place for about 45 minutes to an hour allowing the warmth and the castor oil to penetrate the skin and interact with the underlying tissues. Now, these castor oil packs, they're commonly used for various purposes, such as promoting relaxation. Uh, studies often relate back to reducing inflammation, alleviating muscle and joint pain, aiding in detoxification like we started out this episode talking about, and supporting digestive health. It is important to note, though, that before using a castor oil pack, individuals should always, of course, consult with a healthcare professional, especially if you're having underlying health conditions or are pregnant, because you do want to obviously ensure it is safe and appropriate. Okay, with that said, let's get into the proposed mechanism behind how castor oil affects the liver on the cellular level and go over which bioactives are the most critical or important in these situations. So, first thing is first, transdermal absorption and circulation. When a castor oil pack is applied to the skin, the ricinolinic acid within the oil begins to interact with the skin's surface. So the ricinoleic acid has several properties that enable its transdermal absorption and subsequent circulation. Let's get into a few. First, in order for the ricinoleic acid to even be absorbed transdermally, we need to consider skin permeability. With that said, ricinoleic acid's low molecular weight, along with its unique lipophilic structure, allows it to really more easily penetrate through what is called the stratum corneum, which in earlier episodes we discussed is the outer layer of the skin and epidermis. And since this layer 
is primarily composed of those dead skin cells, those corneocytes, and lipids, which of course allows the lipophilic substances to enter more readily. This property of ricinoleic acid facilitates its entry through the epidermis and to the underlying dermal layers. Now, also we do need to consider the fact that many individuals use some type of heat pack to enhance the absorption of the ricinoleic acid via vasodilation. In other words, the application of gentle heat through a heating pad or hot water bottle enhances the absorption process. We know that heat causes vasodilation, which is the relaxation of blood vessels, smooth muscle cells. So as the blood vessels in the skin dilate, blood flow to the area increases. This allows the ricinoleic acid to more easily enter the bloodstream. Now, how is the ricinoleic acid transported within the bloodstream? So as we know, the circulatory system serves as a network of highways for transporting substances throughout the body. With that said, once the ricinoleic acid is in the bloodstream, it is bound to serum albumin. In other words, ricinoleic acid forms a complex with this albumin protein. And the complex is much more soluble in water, which is what allows it to be transported freely within the bloodstream. Now, blood flow carries this complex to various parts of the body, including, of course, the liver. And when the serum albumin ricinoleic acid complex reaches these target tissues, such as the liver, it can release the ricinoleic acid for those potential cellular interactions. Now we know the liver is highly, highly vascularized, and it receives a significant portion of the body's blood supply as a result. And if you remember from an earlier episode, we actually talked about the blood circuitry of the liver. So for context, just remember that we're basically looking at blood flowing from the hepatic artery and portal vein through what are called the sinusoids. These are those small special capillary blood vessels within the basic structural unit of the liver called the hepatic lobule. And then the blood leaves the liver through the hepatic vein. So in through the hepatic artery and portal vein to the sinusoids leaving through the hepatic vein. Now, just for a little bit more context on all of this, the hepatic lobule, it has a hexagonal or roughly hexagonal shape and it's basically that building block of liver tissue. So at the center of each of these hexagons or lobules is a central hepatic vein. And at the corner of the hexagon are what are called triads. Now these triads, they consist of three key structures, a bile duct, a hepatic artery branch, and a portal vein branch. So basically at the corners of the hexagon, we have 
those two blood suppliers plus the bile duct. And in the center of the hexagon, we have the hepatic vein, which drains the blood from the liver. So in other words, just to recap, the portal vein, or excuse me, the portal triads, they supply the lobule with oxygenated blood from the hepatic artery and nutrient-rich blood from the portal vein. This blood is then processed by the main cells of the liver called hepatocytes, which are located within the lobule before the blood eventually leaves through the hepatic vein. With all that said, all of that context laid out there, let's get back to ricinoleic acid. So as the blood containing this ricinoleic acid circulates through the liver's complex network of sinusoids, again, those special capillaries within the hepatic lobules, the ricinoleic acid molecules, they come into contact with liver cells, including hepatocytes. Now, in an earlier episode, we did mention a lot more different types of cells rather than just hepatocytes, but we're just going to limit our discussion to those today. So these ricinoleic acid molecules, they're coming into contact with the liver cells within these structural units called the hepatic lobules. So what exactly, you know, what exactly does this bioactive component ricinoleic acid within the castor oil, what does it do? While the specific mechanisms by which ricinoleic acid affects liver function are honestly not fully understood. It is believed to involve multiple cellular level interactions, and some of these include the proposition that ricinoleic acid may stimulate the production of specific liver enzymes involved in detoxification processes. So these enzymes like the cytochrome P450 enzymes. We know these play a very crucial role in metabolizing and eliminating various toxins and substances from the bloodstream. Other research is concerned with the anti-inflammatory effects. In other words, ricinoleic acid's reported anti-inflammatory properties may contribute to reducing liver inflammation at the cellular level potentially supporting liver health and detoxification functions. With that said, since the research is honestly still fuzzy on the exact molecular interactions or pathways, I want to go through just some studies that illustrate kind of cause and effect. Since we clearly see that castor oil packs have an effect on liver and immune system, it's just that the research is a little bit fuzzy on the actual pathways. So let's get into a few studies. The first study reported the results of a controlled, double-blind study on the effect of a single use of a castor oil pack versus a paraffin oil pack among 36 healthy adults. Essentially what they did was the packs were applied over the liver and abdomen for two hours with heat. Very important. The blood samples were collected just before application of the pack, so 
timestamp would be zero hours. And then two hours later, after the removal of the pack, and at seven hours and 24 hours. So the blood samples were assessed for total lymphocytes, T11 cells, T4 cells, T8 cells, and B cells at each interval. Results of the study indicated that the total lymphocyte count peaked at seven hours with an increase in T11 cells, contributing to an overall increase in lymphocytes. I mean, that's pretty cool considering this is a topical pack. Now, at the 24-hour mark, it was noted that the total lymphocytes declined, although they, of course, remained within normal limits. So we were looking at this rise, peak at seven hours, and then kind of returning. Now, in another study, let's go ahead and move on. In a subsequent study, 12 participants experiencing fatigue were enlisted to partake in an investigation focused on the prolonged application of castor oil packs. So what they did was they had these participants use the castor oil packs for about an hour and a half daily over the liver area for five days per week, spanning two entire weeks. So five days a week, 90 minutes, two weeks. Blood samples were collected on days 0, 8, 15, and 22 to assess various parameters, including total lymphocytes, T11 cells, T4 cells, T8 cells, even liver function indicators like liver enzymes, and cholesterol levels. Notably, over the course of treatment, the mean total lymphocyte counts within the group returned to normal levels. So we're assuming they were a little bit um, under normal levels and the castor oil elevated them a little bit. Also, a little bit more surprisingly to the researchers particularly, maybe not to us now, but was that these two participants in the study who initially had elevated liver enzyme and cholesterol levels actually experienced a normalization of these variables by the end of the study. So... With those two studies in mind, researchers often conclude that in regards to immune function specifically, castor oil packs show a temporary effect on the immune system that seems to be maintained through consistent use of the packs, but is not sustained following the use of the packs. And of course, as we've been mentioning, the specific mechanism of action remains a little bit fuzzy and unknown. So overall, the evidence does do suggest that castor oil may modulate white blood cell count and may have a positive effect on liver function and cholesterol levels. This is exactly why I wanted to illustrate at the beginning of this episode how the bioactive ricinoleic acid can be absorbed transdermally and eventually enter circulation, including circulation within those small capillaries in the hepatic lobules, in order to possibly affect liver function. So, all in all, 
The research is pretty solid when it comes to showing this cause and effect, but I would say more research would be needed to really conclude what the exact mechanisms are from a cellular standpoint. Though, of course, it is important to note that there are many proposed mechanisms out there. So, before we wrap up the episode completely, I wanted to really quickly go through a little step-by-step guide on using castor oil packs. Again, none of this is set in stone. This is just one way to do it. So, some materials you might want to use. High quality castor oil. Ensure you're using cold-pressed, organic, and hexane-free castor oil for improved results. Um, Then flannel cloth or wool flannel. This is what's used to make the pack. And then some kind of covering or wrap. Some people have used plastic wrap. Again, I would, me personally, I would not use plastic wrap. I would use more of a covering that comes in a castor oil pack kit. And that, again, covers the pack, holds it to your body. And then a hot water bottle or heating pad to apply gentle heat. Old clothing or a towel to protect your clothing and bedding from oil stains, of course. Maybe even a bowl of hot water for cleaning up afterwards. And you you can add in, you know, paper towels, other things that might help you along the way, but those are kind of the basics. So let's get into a little bit of a step-by-step guide. So the first thing you would want to do is prepare the area. So choose a quiet and comfortable place where you won't be disturbed, lay down an old towel or cloth to protect your bedding or even furniture from oil stains, and then Moving on to cutting the flannel, you're going to cut a piece of flannel cloth into a size that covers the area where you intend to apply the castor oil pack. It, of course, should be large enough to cover your liver area, which right side of your abdomen, just below the ribcage. And then soak the flannel. So pour enough castor oil onto the flannel cloth to saturate it, but of course, don't do it to the point where it's dripping. It should just be wet, not overly soaked. And then apply the pack. So lie down on your back, place the saturated flannel cloth over your liver area and ensure it's in direct contact with your skin. Then cover with that wrap of some sort and that will help trap the heat in and prevent oil stains on your clothing or bedding as well. You can even apply heat after this using maybe a hot water bottle or even a heating pad over that uh, covering. And then the heat, of course, helps to enhance the absorption of the castor oil and that ricinoleic acid and promote some relaxation, of course, too. Then just relax, rest, lie still for about 45 minutes to an hour. You can use this time to meditate, read, Tritaka, we've talked about in a previous episode, or just relax. Some people even take a short nap. Then cleanse and store. So after the allotted time, remove the pack. Use a paper towel, that hot water, 
to wipe off excess oil from the skin. You can also wash the area with warm water and mild soap, and then store the flannel cloth in a sealed container or plastic bag for future use. Of course, clean it and um, clean the pack. You don't wanna be spreading any kind of bacteria. And you can even do disposable packs if you want as well. Now, it is recommended to use castor oil packs if you are fit for them three to four times a week, not on consecutive days. Um, some people advise to give your body a break between applications, but again, all of this is up to you and your doctor. Then timing. Castor oil packs are often used in the evening before bedtime to encourage relaxation and to promote restful sleep. However, truly you can use them at any time that is convenient. Of course, always consult and work with a licensed physician since castor oil packs may not be suitable for everyone. With that said, that is all for today's episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you loved this episode, please leave a rating or review or share it to your stories over on Instagram and be sure to tag me in it so that I can thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in and we will see you in the next one. Bye guys. The content provided by the Synthesis of Wellness LLC via its podcast and domain is for informational purposes only and should not be used as medical advice or as a replacement for medical care. The Synthesis of Wellness podcast, synthesisofwellness.com, the Synthesis of Wellness LLC, and Chloe Porter disclaim responsibility from adverse effects resulting from using the content provided. Please seek and consult a licensed physician for your health and medical needs. Furthermore, Chloe Porter and the Synthesis of Wellness podcast are not responsible for the opinions of guests featured on the podcast.